Podcast Nation, what is up? My name is Hussein, and I'm bringing you software engineering content literally everywhere. And this uh, this piece of content, um, I'm talking about database sharding, and this is a part of my YouTube uh, video that I made on database sharding. And uh, I want to talk about through, uh, uh, and I think uh, it's, it's very useful to bring into podcast form. So uh, the, the topics that I'm going to discuss in this podcast are uh, the following. We're going to talk, talk about what is really sharding, what is database sharding, why did we invent this deck essentially, right? There's always a reason for inventing anything, right? So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about a very interesting technology that kind of integrate with sharding and it's called consistent hashing what does that mean all that jazz and then i'm going to talk about a little bit of slight difference between horizontal partitioning and sharding database sharding there are very slight nuance differences between the two so and also finally we're going to talk about the pros and cons of sharding because guess what nothing is perfect right so if you're interested stay tuned and I'm going to see you in the next one. Enjoy the content. Database sharding is a process of segmenting the data into partitions that are spread on multiple database instances. This is essentially to speed up query and scale the system. In this video, I want to talk about the following. I want to discuss what is sharding and then in order to discuss sharding we kind of kind of we have to gloss over the idea of consistent hashing, talk a little bit about it. And then we're going to talk about uh, the difference between horizontal partitioning and sharding because those two kind of go hand on hand. And I want I want to just there's a slight difference and I want to talk about that like so that's why I have put a, like a, a single slide to talk about that, right? And then also we're going to talk about this is my favorite part. We're going to do an example, we're going to code on uh, a Node.js and uh, spin up multiple Postgres shards and then write uh, and read from those shards, right? And essentially, we're going to build a URL shortener kind of thing. And finally, we're going to talk about the pros and cons of database sharding because guess what? Nothing is perfect. And finally, we're going to summarize the whole thing. If you're new here, welcome. My name is Hussein, and in this channel, we discuss all sorts of software engineering by example. So if you want to become a better software engineer, consider subscribing and hit that bell icon so you get notified every time I upload a new video. That said, let's just jump into sharding, guys. So essentially, before we jump into sharding, just the idea of traditionally how we do things is we have one big database with huge tables, right? And we would you might have some indexes on those tables, you query, and then you get results. It's always a centralized one database. Your pain point is one server, and querying becomes slower and slower the more data you have. Because what? guess what? You're going to have indexes, and those indexes are going to grow large and as your tables grow large, and, and that kind of slow down your queries, right? And then you need more memory, and you're going to need more CPU. So it's just data scale, right? It just makes sense. So if I'm going to make a select URL from this table where URL equal this, let's say this is like a URL shortener website, right? Which is like one huge table. This is the URLs and this is the code. So essentially what you do is like, hey, give me the URL for this code so I can visit that page. 
right? That's what the URL uh, shortener does, right? And then you query that. It's a huge table. Let's say there's one million rows. So that's that query is gonna get slower and slower and slower the more rows you have because even with indexes, that still is gonna get slow, right? Because it's just the index gonna grow and grow and grow and grow. So you want how do we speed things up? So people invented the idea of sharding. Let's plop that table and put in a multiple databases. It sounds very simple, and that's that's what it is. It's very simple. It's not really rocket science. You partition your table, row-based partition based on certain field, certain column. We call it partition key or shard key, and we throw the those rows on multiple tables uniquely, right? So let's say 200k URLs goes here, another 200k goes here, another 200k goes here. But the question is, how do you shard? How do you distribute? Like, I mean, if you have customer table, that's easy, right? You can do like a, on the zip code, like these are the zip code for the West Coast. This is a zip code for the East Coast. Or if you have a bunch of users, maybe yeah, users from one to 500 million goes to this database and from 500 and one to one million goes to this database that's another sh kind of sharding right and that's kind of easier but what if your key is a string like this right which database server is this 5ftoj is on right so it's like how do you know that so that's where we're going to talk about consistent hashing but there is just a function and you can always find out it's not really hard right? you can build your own function to determine how to consistently hash this input to a server in this case hey i got it to server three so let's let we're going to talk about a little bit that all right so and then once you find out which server you want to connect to you connect to only that server and you send your query to only that server that sounds simple right you do not want to send your query to all databases to get essentially a bunch of messes, right? You want to connect to the right server that you're sure that your database or, or your input is actually there, right? And how do you find out that? Meet consistent hashing. So let's assume I have three shards, and that's the example we're going to build, by the way, guys, on the example part of it. And, uh, and these three, three databases, let's say I have an input, right? input one right so the idea of consistent hashing is you take in an input or a string or any user provided piece of data that you can you want to query on and you want to know which database to query on essentially that hash we're going to give you back that instance somehow right so let's say hashing of input one will give you database 5432 you're going to go to here so every time you submit the input one string it will always goes to this database right and if you submit input two somehow this goes to five four three three right and then if you submit input three that might go to server five four three four right which is listening port five four three four and then that's kind of a consistent hashing so as long as you give me always the same string i'm gonna make sure right to always consistently hash that to the same server to the same node essentially okay and uh, you might get another like as again if you if you submit input two again you can always get the same output right all right so how might you might just like how how does actually this work so 
One implementation would be just, hey, make this input into some sort of number, right? I don't know how you do this. Sum all these character ASCII codes, uh, convert it into a binary and then shove it back to a decimal and then do a modulo, right? Which is the remainder of three because I have three nodes. And then the input is like, I don't know if it happened to be 10, right? Let's say you got 10, 10 modulo three is, or I divided by three, that's three, and then nine, and it's like the remainder of one, right? So one is you add back five, four, three, two, and that equals to five, four, three, three, and that goes to this server. So that's how one implementation, I'm not saying that it is, right? And we're gonna use one implementation in Node.js that do, does consistent hashing essentially, right? They get an input, give me the port number back so I can connect to my database. And yeah, and that is called a hash ring as well, right? So this is like a, almost like a ring. And then you start, Cassandra uses this all the time with the shards that they have, right? The consistent hashing ring, essentially. So every time you have an input, I know which, which database to hit. All right, so let's a little bit talk about how the horizontal partitioning versus sharding, okay? So horizontal partitioning splits this big table into the same database, but it's another table, or maybe to another schema in the same database, right? So you kind of share the same database, but now the client has to know this the other schema that has table or the other table table name. It could be customers underscore west or customers underscore east, right? Something like that. So that's that's the horizontal partition. So you kind of spread your data into the same database, right? Sharding in the other hand splits the same table into across multiple servers. So you keep the same name, but the database server or the database instance change, right? That's the difference, right? So as we said, like the horizontal partition actually changes the database name, as we said, or they just put it in another schema. Well, sharding, everything is the same, but the server change. So that's like essentially the differences between these two guys, right? Horizontal partition and sharding. Sharding, multiple databases, right? And horizontal partitioning, same database, multiple tables. But um, how about we build something, guys? Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna spin up with Docker, and we built a video how to spin up a Docker instance with Postgres. I'm gonna reference that video if you're interested, but I'm gonna gloss over the idea there here. But essentially what we're gonna build is, we're gonna build, spin up three Postgres instances running on these guys, ports 5432, 5433, and 5434, right? And each of them we're gonna create, when we spin up that Docker instance, we're gonna initialize the database with a table okay and that table is our url table essentially that has like this short url shortener right we're gonna have some fields and all that stuff so we don't have to manually go and spin up that and we're gonna set a spin up a bg pg admin to show you the actual shards and all that so shard one shard two shard three and then we're gonna write some code in node.js to actually well with express it's our rest api to write to the sharded application, let's say, hey, shorten this URL for me, and we're gonna figure out which database to hit, and then write to that database, and then we're gonna read from the sharded database. How about we just jump into it, guys? All right, guys, so the first thing we need to do is to spin up the Docker instances for the Postgres. But in order to do that, each Docker instances that we're gonna spin up have to create that a table, that magic table. So the first thing I'm gonna do is create the SQL script that creates the 
table, the initial table that we will have our stuff. So let's do that. So let's go to the directory here called, like, I don't know, uh, uh, sharding video, whatever. And then let's just uh, swap into this folder. And then what we're going to create is, let's just create an init.sql file. It's just a file that will have our create statement. And uh, a little bit SQL here. Let's write some SQL, guys. So what I want to do is like I want to create a table, URL table. That's what I'm going to call it. And if I still remember SQL, we're going to do the first fields called ID, right? And that's serial. That means just incremental. We don't really care about this field much, right? It's not null, right? And it's also a primary key, right? And then the second field is URL, that's the long URL, and that's text, right? And the third field is a URL underscore ID. And that guy is just a character of five. I want it to be five characters exactly, all right? So that's just essentially just the structure, the schema of the table. And because we want to spin up multiple instances, I want this to get executed every time it spin up a new Docker container, right? So that's the first step. Looks good, the script looks good. There's no errors, hopefully, right? And let's just write this thing. Okay, that's the first step. The kind of second step is we need to write a Docker file because our just random Postgres image won't do. We need to create our own image that essentially executes that script. So how do we do that, right? So let's go ahead and create like a Docker file, then Vim here, and then from the Postgres instance, right, the image, I want to just literally add one one line of code. I want to copy the init.sql, the just the file we wrote, into a special folder called Docker entry point initdb.d. And what that does is essentially the moment you copy that and you spin up the container, that Docker container, the Postgres image, will say, oh, there's a SQL file here. I'm going to execute it. That's what it does, right? So anything you can write in that SQL file, and it's gonna, it doesn't have to be called init, by the way. Anything that you can call it anything you want, right? And then it's going to execute it. And that's cool. That's what we want, right? So now we're ready. So what we're going to do here is let's build the image, right? And uh, because we have the Docker file, let's build the image from which we're going to spin up the containers. So the next step is we want to build the image from that Docker file because that's, that's a special image. I don't want to run my Postgres from just the vanilla Postgres image. I want to run from my, this special image. And let's, let's build that image because nobody knows about it, right? So... What we do to build that is like you do go docker build dash t. I'm gonna call it pg shard, right? And uh, that's how you name tag it. Essentially, tag the image or dash t, right? I don't know why it's called dash dash name, just like the container name, but people like to be confusing, so I don't know. And then once you do that, you do a dot at the end. That's very important because I want to build the current directory. And then when you do that, you push, 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 and that's done. So my image is called pg shard, right? How about we spin up some container, guys? Let's spin up some containers, right? And then finally, once we spin up the container, I'm going to spin up also my PG admin container to administrator those things, right? And then, so let's spin up Docker run dash dash name, because always a good idea to give it a name. We're going to call it PG shard one, okay? The first shard, 
me do this so you can see it, guys. The first shard, the port is 5432, 5432, and then the image is PG shard, remember? And that's it. And how about we detach it because we don't really want, like, we don't want to occupy the terminal. So do that, and we have one shard, baby. So let's spin up another shard on port 5433, two, nice, and four. Sweet. All right, guys. So just like that, we have three instances, database instances. One is running on 5432, one is running on 5433, and 3.4. And by default, if I connect, I'm gonna show you now all these shards, right? I'm gonna use PG admin Docker container. I'm not gonna show you how to spin up a PG admin because I'm, I'm, I already did it in another video, go check it out. I'm gonna reference it here. But I already have a Docker image called PG admin, so I'm gonna just use that one, right? So it's essentially, it's, it's listening to port 5555. Uh, Let's just check it out. PG admin. That's your one. That's the one. I have it running for a long time now. It's called DPG and it's called PG admin and it's listening to port 5555. So I'm going to use that to manage my, my shards. How about that? Let's just do that. Let's show you that these shards has been executed and then uh, spun up and then have the scheme of the table and those tables have have to be empty or, or obviously, right? All right, guys. So I have PG admin here. I logged in. And then let's go. Let's start adding my servers, my database servers. So I'm gonna add a server. I'm gonna call it Shard One. And the database is remember it's Hussein Mac. That's my machine, and it's running on port five four three two. And the default users, the, when you don't specify anything, the properties, the password and username becomes Postgres, and the database also becomes Postgres. So everything in the same thing. All right. So now we have Postgres schema public. Tables, URL table, look at that. That's the table we created, guys. And that's all this stuff we have. All right, let's add the other two, right? Shard two, it's Hussein Mac, and that's three. Postgres, Postgres, and Let's just add the third one, short three, Hussein Mac, and that's port four, right? Then Postgres and Postgres. And we have three shards, guys. And the same exact plan, same exact schema. That's what we want. So we, our sharding setup is ready. How about we write some code, guys? All right, guys, so I have Visual Studio Code here. The minimum requirements, you're gonna have Node.js installed and Visual Studio Code, and you can start working on this stuff right there. All right, so I'm gonna go ahead and open a brand new folder. Let's go ahead and create a JavaScript background. I'm gonna call it sharding, right? And open. And what I'm gonna do is create a file called index.js, best file ever. And then let's initialize npm because it's a new project, right? So npm init-y, that means shut up, I know what I'm doing, just create a package JSON. it's called sharding, sweet. All right, so now, remember guys, we did a, a, a tutorial on how to work with Postgres from Node.js using a, a very beautiful library called PG, right? And we're gonna use the exact same library 
to connect to the databases essentially, right? And uh, what we're building here is like we're building a web application that have a post and a get, right? Post will create a URL shortener, right? Will shorten a URL, given a URL, and get will given that URL code, the short URL will give me the long URL. It's very simple stuff, right? So let's go ahead and obviously we're gonna need express. So we're gonna do require express, spin up that express beautiful stuff after get. We're gonna do something with this thing, request response. That's the get command, add the post, that's the post command, that's what we will actually write, right? Our beautiful, beautiful URL shortener, okay? And here's what we want. We want the databases, guys. So the database is called const uh, client, right? And let's use this destructure assignment i know sometimes it's confusing right this is essentially called the library for the postgres database called pg right you can either do it this way or just do the destructing assignment whatever rocks your boat right that's that's exactly the same all right and uh, we have the client what do we do with the client we need to spin up multiple clients. we have to spin up three clients so Here's what we're gonna do. So we're gonna create a clients, right? JSON object. And the JSON object, the key will be the port. Because I want to play this trick here where the key is the port and the JSON value is the configuration here. So so how do we do this? Is this uh, 5432? That's the first client, and that value is new client and then you pass in the beautiful configuration so what do we do here we put the host right we'll say mac again guys i have done through all that stuff you want detailed tutorial about the postgres self i'm going to reference that video but this will be just skimming through these stuff right so port obviously port 5432 and what else user is Postgres, password is also Postgres, and database is also Postgres. I'm just lazy, guys. Just use the same exact thing, right? And then that's one client. We need other two clients, right? The client running on port 3.3 and the client running on 4. How about that, guys? I think we're good here. So that is a bunch of clients, right? Still, we didn't connect them. How do we connect, right? So we need a function called connect here. So let's just, because uh, I'm going to use the async uh, await here. So I'm going to do a function called connect function. Function, if I can spell, connect. And what we're going to do essentially is just literally call this function immediately. And then connect those guys right so we can do like fancy loop or just the old school way where just like literally five four three two uh dot connect right just connect those tcp connection establish those beautiful tcp connections right a try catch would be nice here right but uh, I, i'm trying to go through the video real quick so that's will actually give us the clients connections beautiful stuff What's next, guys? We need the next thing is let's start with the writing aspect of it, right? So writing a new 
row, right? So I'm gonna write to the database, okay? So how do we write, right? So posting, let's assume I'm gonna get the URL of the query parameter. And we're gonna make, I made a video about the query parameters versus resources. If you're interested in that, go watch that video. I'm gonna reference it here. But you're gonna do request.queryparameter.url. So just give that URL. And once you get that URL, here's the thing. We need to consistently hash that thing hash this to get a port, get a port. So how do we do this? This is the consistent hash that we talked about, guys. So let's do that. So there's a library called const consistent hash. And I think it's called literally consistent hash. I think it's called that. Right, so it's called consistent dash hash. So that's what it's called, right? And then when you do that, what you essentially want to do is create a hash ring, that the one we just talked about, right? So it's like a hash ring of how many nodes in this case? We have three nodes. It's really easy stuff. So I'm going to create a hash ring, hr, equal new consistent hash, right? So we're going to create a hash ring, right? And then we start adding our nodes, right? But we're not going to get IntelliSense, I think. Yeah, that's what I thought. So let's go ahead and just install all that stuff because we have done a lot of stuff and we have never installed any of that stuff, right? Right, so let's go ahead and do npm install express, and we're gonna install pg. We're gonna install consistent dash hash. Let's install all that stuff. We have installed all of that stuff. Right, we're gonna also need crypto, but we'll we'll use it when we really need it. Okay, so hr dot. There you go. There is the intelligence. Hr dot add. Okay, and what are we adding here? We're adding essentially these puppies, right? We have three nodes to be consistently hash, right? And, we, and it's so easy to use, guys. So once we add all that stuff, here's the thing, right? For now, I'm going to do a post, right? And if you give me the URL, right? I'm going to hash that URL and then get a result out of it, right? And then based on that result, take the first five characters and that becomes my, essentially my code, right? So let's go go ahead and actually do install, might, might as well just do crypto as well, right? Const crypto equal require crypto. All right, we're gonna use crypto to do the hashing guys that we talked about. So what we wanna do essentially is take that big URL. So the URL could be, I don't know, www.wikipedia.com slash sharding, like something like that, right? And I want to take that string and make it into a beautiful hash base 64. So how do we do that, right? So crypto, dot, I think called create hash, right? And then you have to specify the functions called sha256, because that's what the hash I'm interested in. And you want to update that string of data you have. So generate the hash and then and then you want to convert it to base 64, which is called, I think, digest, right? And then called base 64. That's what you do. Wait, that gives you a beautiful hash, guys. It's just a string of hash. And that hash is a little bit long. So let's go ahead and actually run this thing, guys, uh, so you can see. So let's go ahead and just, just re response.sendback. I don't know. Let's just send back the same information. So the hash we got. 
and so far we don't have any other information right that's it so let's just go ahead and run and make sure everything is running right so app we have the app get we forgot to listen let's go app dot listen 8081 right i want to listen to port 8081 i think it's just a number so let's just do a number and then do console.load listening to 8081 right so let's just go ahead and debug make sure we don't have any errors i think we're gonna get an error because we didn't install crypto right we didn't install crypto did we right let's go ahead and still install crypto just in case npm install crypto let's run it again and we're listening to port 81 so we want to do a post request to this puppy right let's see what will happen now Okay. Remember, guys, what we're going to do is give it, give me a URL, and from your URL, I'm going to hash that thing and get a big hash string. I'm going to take only the five characters. Again, guys, this is not the perfect implementation of URL shortener. There are way better guys than me doing an actual design thought to our one-hour video just how to build a proper hash function and to do URL shortener. This is just to give you an idea of sharding, right? All right, so let's go. To the browser all right guys so we go to our favorite console right i'm gonna use the beautiful fetch api right just do old school way it's uh 8081 and i am actually the urls https wikipedia.com slash sharding whatever right and then dot uh yeah we're doing a method right the method is post and I think that's all what we need, right? Dot. Then I'm expecting JSON back. Give me JSON, baby. And console.log. Boop. We made a request. Immediately we get the breakpoint. We get the sharding. We get the URL. And then hash the stuff. And we get this beautiful string. Look at that. That string, I'm only interested in the first five characters. Right, we're gonna take the five characters and shove it in the database, right, as a URL code or URL ID, whatever we called it, and then that hash will determine where are we gonna hit, which server is gonna hit. I'm gonna talk about that now, right? So if we're gonna do that, we're soon we're gonna obviously get what we're getting, getting an error for some reason, access to fetch from origin. Oh, we're not in the wrong origin. Duh. All right, sure. Let's just do localhost 8081. Happier now? Okay. We're in the same location. You happy now? You happy now. I think you're happy. I think you're happy. I think you're happy. All right, good, good, good. All right. So it's just like this is, this is a course thing. We talked about course. Oh my God, we talked about a lot of stuff in this channel, guys. How are you still here? <laughs> there's so much stuff right so there's a lot of tech right and uh just exploring all this stuff right becomes you slightly become a soft better software engineer as you hit these things and start understanding right course beautiful course stuff all right i could have had something on the server to that allows other people to access this but i don't just i just don't feel like it all right so we get the hash back this is not what i want to go though i want the url code what is the url code guys the URL code is essentially URL ID equal hash dot substring zero to five. That's what I'm interested in the first five five characters. 
not sure computer science stuff is this gonna give me five characters or six right the struggle man i always struggle with these bits then right you'd think five 15 years experience in computer science you still get this wrong man because every implementation get this sometimes like the strings get it oh start from one sometimes from zero everyone implements their own stuff man right so let's just do hash again what do we did we get it right did we get it right yes looks like five characters to me right zero one two three four five right so you would think that this is going to give you six character because zero to five is is actually never mind all right so now we get back the url guys look at that give you that and if i do it again let's just remove the break mine's just getting annoying now at this point getting annoying getting annoying remove it right and every time we get that we're gonna get the same key right but let's say change that url to something else and we get a completely different key right that's not what we want we have the key now i can write it to the database we're ready almost we're almost ready guys almost almost ready let's just throw in the url actual url here how about that okay just throwing a url sure and then i'm gonna throw in the server because i don't know which server i'm gonna connect to that's the tricky point right right so how do i know which server to connect to very easy e back to the consistent hashing right hr the hash rank remember we added three nodes to the hash rank right all we need to do is ask the node hey hash rank i have this input which is called url id give me one of the three nodes and it would do its magic it will do a module whatever the implementation is and it's gonna give you a server that's the beauty of this thing let's do it so let's see what, what server do we get if i do this let's clean this up and then do boop look at that we got for sharding one we got server 5432 and with this key right that's funny it actually says key oh my god that's completely a coincidence let's say sharding two we're still heading in the same server sharding three just oh we had another server five four three four so it, completely almost random right how about random random i want to hit please give me the server three three we didn't hit that server yet dot bh Bahrain. okay five four three two damn it i want five four three three can you give me 5433? Hey, random two. That gives me 5433. Okay, that's what I'm talking about, right? Just as you start running, this will almost balance that stuff in a consistent manner. And every time you do the same exact way, you're going to hit the same exact server. Okay, we have all the pieces, guys. All the pieces is here. So how about we actually write this stuff to the database, right? Let's write it. How do you write stuff to the database? Very simple. We get we need to get the client, right? The clients are in this bunch, right? Clients, sub, guess what? What's the sub here? I want the sub server, right? Because this is the key, right? Because and now I have the server, which is a string, which is the port, that will give me back the object. And the object, when I get that thing, I want to query, right? Is that right? Why is it not showing me intelligence? I think it's it's unaware that it's actually an object. Well, I'm pretty sure that should work. So select star, bad idea. Don't ever do a select star in your database unless you know what you're doing. Uh, 
right? So it's called URL underscore table, right? I like to make things big. That's what she said. Select star from URL underscore table. Yeah, I don't know what SQLs always have, have to be caps lock, all right? It's just uh, something we learned back when I do when I used to do Oracle stuff back in 2005, four actually, yeah. First job. All right, so where we do where, what? Where, why are we selecting? That's nuts, we're inserting. Insert into URL table, right? I'm inserting what? ID is gonna be automatically generated the URL and the URL ID. And then we do values and then the fancy stuff one and two and the one is equal URL and the other one is URL ID. Okay. Sounds good, right? This looks like an insert to me, right? That will insert, but you have to await it, right? And since we're awaiting, that function that we're in better be async, right? That's okay. Then we have to send that push. Are we still recording? I'm good. All right, so now we're sending that back, and then we are sure that, hey, we got it, okay? I mean, I can add a try catch and be like a little bit more fancy, but yeah, let's just make sure that we actually made it, right? Otherwise, we're gonna get an error. So. Ooh, let's do it, guys. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Refresh, right? And post. Wow, that's bold. Did that work? How about that? What server is that? Five four three three. So how do we go? Which is five four five four three three? Ah, damn it! I should have just put the right number here. I don't know which one is <laughs> four four three three. I think that's the other one. Okay, char two is four four three three. Okay, uh, public, and we go tables. Do we have a row, guys? Do we have a row? Do we have a row? Yes, sorry. What the heck was that? Printing PDF, why? Jesus, okay, chill. Look at that, beautiful stuff, guys. Wow, well, how about we do another one? Okay, another one. DJ Khaled, right? Damn it, same server? Okay, sure, it's easier to me, right? Look at that, another one. And that's the key, right? Let's do, I don't know, google.com. Doesn't have to be Wikipedia, right? Uh, Ali. Refresh. Which server? What did I have? Oh, we had another server. Let's do this. Let's go to that server. Five, short three. Guys, I'm gonna, I'm gonna reference the code below so you don't have to like pause and do all that stuff, right? goofy stuff you just you just uh, go to the github page look at that guys so we're consistently hashing the f out of this stuff man consistent babes that's what we're talking about consistent slay all right how about that let's just throwing some urls yeah how about that urls equal how do i do urls right let's just do urls yeah I less than 100, I plus plus, and then there's like URLs to push uh, HTTPS uh, google.com slash I in India, because why not? Let's go there. Uh, I search for Q equal search test. Bleh, I, bleh, all right, I have to do the text. 
Can you read, guys? Hope you can read this. Okay, I'm gonna zoom a little bit. All right, sorry about that. All right, so we added like a how many URLs? We have a lot of URLs, guys. So many URLs. Oh my god, let's go and uh, let's do it right this time, guys. For each you, you even on me. I like it when you're down, you know, button. You believe God is a woman. All right. All right. I think that's right. Right? Did I, did I get it right? I really doubt it. But sure, let's do it. Oh, mamacita. Look at that. Look at all that stuff. Okay, so we had like a bunch of servers. We had 5433, 54, all that jazz. All right. Search. Oh my God. Look at all the beautiful stuff, man. All right. We know this stuff is working, guys. We're distributedly consistent. All right. How about that? All right. We did the post. How about we do the get? The get will be easy, right? Let's do the get. You get. Let's get that thing, right? And uh, what do we do? To do a get, essentially, what we are getting from the server is... Uh, all right, so I'm gonna do it fancier this time, right? So I'm gonna use the uh, like that ID. I think it's called like that. Is it is it colon ID? I think so. The URL ID will be like that, right? It will be part of the URL. So like if you do like HTTPS localhost eighty eighty one, and then you do like blah 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 blah. This this URL that will this will be the URL ID. Get it? Okay, get it. I don't. I don't think you get it, guys. I have a. Sp I, I gotta spell out everything with you guys. Sheesh. All right. So const URL ID will be equal uh, request, but I think it's called the uh, params dot URL ID. Right. The moment you do it this way, I think I might be wrong. So we'll, we'll check it out. Okay. I forgot that stuff, man. I have a memory of a thirty-six year old man. Okay. It's a goldfish essentially. I'm losing stuff, man. There's so much stuff I gotta do. Gotta do laundry and then manage financing and shit. So there's a lot in my mind. Okay, so bear with me as I forget stuff. You, if you're a student, you don't have anything in mind. It's just where can I get the next girlfriend? That's what you're in mind. I have a lot of stuff in my mind now. I keep forgetting. Okay, so URL ID. All right, so we get that URL ID, which is this this thing, right? Right. So what do we do? We need to query, right? First, to do the query, we need to find which query, which database to hit. And to do that, we don't need to hash because we have the hash, right? Arby's, we have the meat. All right, so we do that. Get the, get the URL, get the server. And once you get the server, now we know which server, we know which clients. So we essentially do this. Right, easy, easy peasy, Japanese. Right, so we don't need this. All right, we just need to query. Right, and select star again. Never do this. Right, never ever ever do this. URL table is that what's called? Is it URL table or table URL? All right, so select star from URL table where URL ID is equal to one. Thank God. Who, who's his, what's his name, this guy who built this library? I think his name is Brian. 
Brilliant guy, man. Follow him on Twitter, right? Brilliant guy. Okay, so what do we do? The URL ID. I want to give you that. So you don't have to like to do that nasty single codes and the blah, blah, blah. You don't have to do that because uh, you'll be, you'll be uh, SQL injected. And by the way, we talked about SQL injection because I talk about everything I want to learn in this channel because I want my goal is to become a better software engineer every day. So anything that I don't know, essentially I make a video about it. I learn it and I make a video about it. So SQL injection, go check it out. Okay, we have that stuff. What about we actually check this stuff out? Okay, so get, this gives me results, and I think I awaited that thing. The results have a row, so result.rows, I think it's called rows count. Is it greater than zero? Then we just send back the result, I guess. And then if there is no results, what's the status code for something that is not found, guide? 404, send a status. Okay, let's send, send status 404. There's 404, right? Because it's not found, right? If it's found, then I'm going to return this thing, right? And uh, what do you do? URL ID. What else? What else? All right, so URL ID. Let's just do the same exact thing so we don't mess up, right? Stay consistent. Consistent hashing, babes. I right, say so URL ID is the same one. I don't really care. I want this guy. And I, it tells me which server I went to to pick that thing up. All right. Looks like it's working. All right. Go back. Do it. Do it. Only valid in async function. Yes, sir. Because I forgot to add async here. Thank you. All right. Okay, let's do this. Get. Well, get is easy. Just do this. And now I need something that actually exists, right? This is not found. It's funny. It actually tells you not found, right? Because it, now it's going to return for me at 404 error because this DS DASA doesn't exist. DASA. DASA doesn't exist. 404 not found. Okay. So how about we find something that is actually there? Okay. So if I go to any server, right, just pick up any server. What's this? Surfshard 3? Yeah, the surf server. If you do this, right, we can, <laughs> it's not working. Or let's, 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 okay, let's, all right. Might have some bugs, guys. Let's, 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 let's go on. <laughs> let's go check what's going on. Hit. Hit it. Did I get this right? Yes, I get it. NHCM7, all right? And if I do that... I'm going to get it says in server 5432. And if I query, right, and I get rows count zero. Ooh, row count. There's no rows count. It's row count. Right? Plus, even though I didn't get any rows back. Right? So let's see what we did. What are we doing wrong here, guys? All right, guys. I had to pause the video. We found a big, huge bug on one of the implementation of the old library the consistent hash library for some reason when i practiced this video i didn't hit it but i hit it during this video while recording this video and apparently that hash ring thing that consistent hash was not giving me the same value so it was stupid and useless right it's just buggy implementation so i found another library called hash ring which is a correct implementation finally it's exactly the same Right, so you're gonna add the same thing, hr add this. But now, when I do a get, right, with a key, it's the same thing exactly. 
right? It gives me the same value every time because that's what I want. I don't want it to give me random values. That defeats the purpose of a consistent hash rank. I don't know what that implementation was about, right? So I checked that and it's like, it wasn't updated for four years. So it was a bad idea for me, so I apologize. So the rest of the video will use this hash rank instead of the consistent dash hash, right? Apologize for that, but it's the same implementation, right? It's the same idea, nothing changed. The code will, the latest code will use the hash rank. So now if I actually, so I go, I went and then truncated all the rows on my all my shard and repopulated it with a brand new set of IDs, right? So now I go back to get right here. And if I do, like, let's say I went back here and it's like, okay, shard, what? I'm in shard three and I want E4 RJX. So this is what? Shard three, right? Shard three, and I do, okay, go ahead and show me that for that ID. I get back shard three, right? So let's go ahead to actually shard one of the rows in shard one, okay? And let's check that out. Do we get the values here? So yeah, there's a bunch of values here. Let's pick one of them. And then MC875, if I do that, right? Let's just refresh that thing, right? And if I do, give me that, I'm gonna hit shard one, five, four, three, two. That's exactly what we want, right? Powerful stuff, right? So once we get that, I, I know which server to go, right? So let's go ahead and complete the query and add all that jazz, right? So let's go ahead. So we get the result back from the query, right? If the result, the row count, I think it's called, greater than zero, then I want to send back, obviously, this result, right, guys? And uh, I want to actually just send the rows back, right? Just go ahead and send it. We can just do, yeah, because we're gonna get one row back, right? This implementation, by the way, guys, could have duplicates, right? I didn't account for duplicate, but it's easy to fix, right? I'm not gonna fix it here, obviously. This is a sharding video, not a whole URL shortener design course, right? So URL short, so get, give me get the ID, I'm gonna get the URL. How do I get the URL? I can do this, rows, sub zero, and uh, let's just do row sub zero. I don't know the actual values there. So, and that server, right? And then if it doesn't, if you couldn't find it, we said we're gonna do response dot send status 404. Okay, that is coolish. Let's do it. And uh, let's just remove that breakpoint so it doesn't get any annoying. Oh, look at that. We got it. It's row ID 40 and it's from server this and all that jazz, right? So how about we pick another one? Another one, did you call it? That's the same server, right? That's how about we pick up another server, another server. And that's when I truncated those tables. Let's go shard two, how about that? Let's pick something from shard two. So we prove that actually this shit is working, right? Look at that, shard two, five, four, three, three, and we picked that result to that. So I spread out my databases and now uh, my rows on my tables and now I'm always getting that stuff back. Powerful stuff, right? So we know how to write, we know how to read, and that's essentially the basics of sharding, right? And how, what if I do something that doesn't exist? I get not found, right? And if I do that, right, just 
Not found, right? So a very basic implementation of a URL shortener with sharding giving to you guys, right? Hope you enjoy it. It's the code that will be in the description below. So it's not that bad, right? It's like for sharding, that's a pretty cool if you think about it, right? Now, guys, adding shards is not something easy. You cannot just add a new shard because you have to really be careful what you're doing, right? You have to be careful with the algorithm, right? So the one I did is like, it's fixed with the number of shard, right? So the moment I add a new shard, it's gonna redistribute and everything is gonna go to F, right? So you really need to know what you're doing with this. Sharding and resharding is a different topic. It's one of the disadvantages actually of, uh, of sharding, so right? So that's it. Let's just jump back into the slides and talk about the pros and cons of sharding. All right, guys. So we talked about sharding a little bit. We did an implementation with sharding with consistent hashing and all that jazz, right? Pretty coolish stuff, right? How about we talked about the pros and cons of sharding? Is this perfect? Well, let's check, check let's check it out and see. So what the pros of sharding is you're going to get scalability, and that's both in data memory and even cpu and any resource that is on your server instead of having your server essentially this resources of getting hogged with one machine you can spread the load on multiple machines like that's horizontally partition horizontally scale things right because now essentially your your data is essentially spread out and now the client is aware of which shard is where and then just like need to know and hit that essentially and just build up build that up right so that's essentially what needs to happen so you get scalability for free that's great right you also get security right and that's what and that's an interesting one let's say you like if you have like certain customers data you want the this shard of customers to be accessed only by certain people right so you can put your vip customers in one shard and other customers are in other shards right and then you can have have little bit access control or in what shard can be accessed by which clients so with that instead of having everything in one table you kind of spread it out and have kind of access control over with shards like hey sorry you cannot access this shard right so you can essentially have this level of control of security with pros uh, with sharding that's pretty cool stuff right and uh, it's optimal because you're going to get a smaller and smaller and smaller index size. And that's cool, right? Because the smaller index you get, the better and the quicker and more efficient queries become, right? Cool stuff. How about cones? Is there anything bad with this? Well, uh, you saw you saw the code, guys. See how complex our clients get? It's so complicated, right? The clients becomes very complicated because they are aware of this sharding thing and they need to know it's like oh this input is in this shard and this input is in this shard well you can use consistent hashing to hide that but still the awareness of the shards become really complicated as you start building a huge application this becomes really nasty right becomes really nasty to have a complex complexity into the client cell the tests uh, which I think I'm going to make a video about. Uh, it's, a, it's a tech from YouTube that allows you to do sharding on the spot. It, and it's hitting from you. It's a back-end sharding, right? And the client just makes the query and it does the sharding for you, which is pretty cool tech, right? So that's that's Vitesh. We're going to talk about that. 
transactions across shard is a problem how do i do like uh in two inserts that happen to have two on the two tables right and i want them to do it atomically that's almost impossible because wait you're you're essentially doing two two database transactions two separate database atomic transactions it's almost impossible it's very hard to do right so you can't do transactions very effectively with sharding right right i mean if you do it on the same shard that's yes you can do that rollbacks are very hard let's always say oh i want to insert in this table and then i want to insert in that table but ooh, something bad happened let's roll back everything well what does that mean you can roll back this transaction also roll back the other transaction despite it being one logical transaction complicating stuff right rollbacks are very hard schema changes let's say i want to add another field to my url table i don't know date or something i have to add it in all the shards right it's like i make a change in all the shards and you can just roll it roll this change slowly if you want to but it's it's a little bit dangerous right uh, if you miss adding one schema and one shard but you uh, add it to the other shards joins i have no idea how to do joins across databases is that even possible right it just becomes very hard to do joins right that's why you might use horizontal partitioning instead of sharding so your your stuff that's one benefit of hr horizontal partitioning not human resources right so <laughs> so you essentially have the two tables in the same database right and then you can join them right instead of having the tables across multiple databases and uh and that's the other thing. It has to be something you know in the query. So if you're if you're querying uh, for something, the key, the partition key, the sharding key, who in our case was the URL ID, that's what we know, right? And that's based on that we know which database to hit. But what if what's what if I want to query on some other field that I have no knowledge in? So that is expensive because now you have no knowledge. You don't have the key. So you're forced to hit all the databases to know which key, right? Uh, where where this data reside essentially. Right? An example would be like, hey, if you have like customer west and customer east on two shards, right? and you're searching by name, tough luck, right? Name has nothing to do with shards, so you have to query both shards, right? Summary: What do we discuss, guys? We discuss sharding long table long table yeah it is a long table and it's a long video too right we discussed sharding is the meaning of sharding uh, spread your tables into multiple database instances right we discussed consistent hashing right just like a little bit just consistently hash data into multiple entries right we discussed horizontal partitioning versus uh, versus sharding right Right, that's the difference between the little bit we talked about the advantages and disadvantages with those. We went through code, guys. It was long code, right? And the code is available there. Right? So we essentially wrote uh, a URL shortener kind of a thing that shortens URL and, and expand those URLs, right? And then finally, we again talked, we talked about pros and cons. Hope you enjoyed this video. I'm gonna see you on the next one, guys. You guys stay awesome. And suggest anything you want to see next in the comment section below.